0: Hundreds of billions of dollars of workers' retirement savings are being funneled to Wall Street billionaires, who then use the money to crush workers, exploit tax loopholes, and finance the fossil fuel industry. On this episode, I talk to Ted Siddell, a former SEC attorney who's been uncovering the scandal in the nation's $5 trillion public pension system. He's been exposing one of the largest upward transfers of wealth in American history.
1: Joining me now to discuss is David Sirota. David Sirota, you were the first person
0: that popped into my brain when I heard Fourth Amendment. Does
1: that have David Sirota worry Boston Globe has now
0: started picking up and running with a potentially politically deadly story that was first unearthed by the great David Sirota. God bless this guy, David Sirota. I love that guy. David Sirota's not a journalist. He's a hack. Even the New York Times has called you a populist rabble rouser. Okay? Are you a Che Guevara? Are you a Che Guevara for our age? And you look forward to a day when college students wear your face on their shirt and don't know what you did. Public pensions are a giant pool of public money. And I think a lot of people don't understand uh, how that money is managed. So for people who don't understand what a public pension is, um, how much money is in them and what is done with the money, just give us the the broad overview.
1: Yeah, well, there are trillions of dollars set aside in public pension funds across the country, uh, money that's been set aside to pay for the retirement security of state and local government workers. Uh, They're unusual in that uh, public pension funds in the United States are not subject to ERISA, which is the comprehensive federal law protecting pensions, Um, and so they are not... uh, so they don't have any of the protections that ERISA provides to private or corporate pensions, uh, and one of the uh, one one of the hallmarks of public pensions is that they have lay boards. the The board overseeing these pensions are primarily consisting of school teachers, police, firefighters, sanitation workers and other government workers, and pol- as well as politicians, who have no investment experience at all. So you've got trillions in public pensions. These are state and local government pensions not protected by any comprehensive federal law with laymen with no investment experience whatsoever overseeing them. On the other hand, you've got Wall Street selling financial products to these funds, and it's a uh, tremendously uh, uneven battle to begin with.
0: So you have looked into uh, various pension funds uh, and to, to look at the management uh, of this money, uh, and you have documented how various public pension funds are putting more and more money into uh, opaque high-risk, high-fee investments. They're called alternative investments, different from stocks and bonds. So again, for people who don't know what an alternative investment is and what the general concerns are, what are are those investments and what are the concerns?
1: Well, alternative investments are uh, alternatives to traditional investments, and traditional investments are publicly traded stocks, bonds, and mutual funds. Um, so those are traded on, um, daily on, on in public markets and the prices are well known, uh, whereas alternative investments are, um, not publicly traded. And so their values, um, are uncertain and there's much less information available about them generally. A private equity fund, a, a hedge fund, a real estate firm.
0: Uh, so we're seeing public pension money move into those investments. Uh, what, what's the problem with that? I mean, isn't the argument that public pension funds need to get decent returns for their retirees uh, in order to pay for the retirees' benefits? I mean, isn't that the basic argument? And and what's wrong with
1: that argument? Well, the argument is that public pensions are grossly underfunded. They haven't put aside enough money to pay for the retirement benefits they have promised. And uh, so you have, on average, 70 cents set aside for every dollar that's been promised in benefits. Or these pensions are 70% funded. So the argument is that if you're um, 70% funded, you owe more than you've got. You've got to roll the dice and uh, take on the riskiest investments uh, Wall Street can package. And through gambling in this way, you will make your money back. You'll you'll gamble your way out of the hole you're in. And of course, as we all know, gambling... Um, rarely works out well for the gambler. So the problem is that the highest cost, highest risk investments are being uh, offered by Wall Street to substantially underfunded public pensions as a solution to their underfunding problem. And predictably, uh, it's not going well. The gambling the introduction of these alternative investments to underfunded pensions is only digging them the hole even deeper. They're losing even more money than before. So, but the solution to every problem an investor has, Wall Street's solution to every problem an investor has is always the same, pay us more in fees. And that's what they're doing. That's what Wall Street is doing here. They're telling all of these government pensions, uh, we have a solution for you, and the solution is fees that are—you pay us 10 times the fees you were paying us. Instead of paying half a percent, pay 5 percent, and we will uh, help you out of your underfunding problem.
0: Now, what do you make of the private equity industry uh, airing ads, uh, promoting the idea that Private equity, for instance, is delivering outsized returns for public pensions, outsized returns for retirees. I mean, that's the basic argument that, that private equity firms make. Uh, is that not true? Is it, is it, is it misleading? I mean, what, what's your response to their argument that they beat the market?
1: Well, what's so problematic about the private equity industry generally is they uh, refuse to play by the rules. Um, so they say our performance is great, but they don't verify their performance. They, in public pensions across the public pensions around the United States are all subject to state, uh, public records laws, similar to the federal freedom of information act. And so, um, all of these state and local pensions are supposed to be the most transparent pensions in the world because of the state uh, public records laws. But the private equity industry and the alternatives industry generally has said, we want to manage public pension money, state and local pension money, but we don't want to play by those rules. We don't want to be subject to the same transparency requirements that all the other investments have historically for decades uh, been subject to. So given the lack of transparency and the unwillingness of the private equity industry to submit to scrutiny, uh, their claims of of stellar performance are, uh, you know, lack credibility because they won't allow us to go in and uh, verify what their performance has been. When the industry, when the private equity industry says uh, our performance is strong, they are reporting their own performance and only they are performing reporting their own performance. So it's a, it's a huge credibility problem that the, to the extent that we can, uh, um, peer into, or, you know, forensically look at the performance of the private equity industry, they have not outperformed, uh, the traditional markets at all. And they have not helped, uh, pensions at all. The performance has been uh, less than competitive and transparency and accountability have been sacrificed. So the risks of these investments, private equity and other investments, are exponentially greater than the risks of traditional investments. And the returns are substantially lower. Higher risk, lower return. That's a bad deal. If that's the
0: case, why would pension overseers across the country put retirees money into private equity if 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 they know that or even have a, a a sense of that generally why does more and more money from pension overseers who are ultimately public officials why does more and more of that public money continue to go to the private equity industry
1: well, there are two reasons, really. One is, as I mentioned earlier, these boards are consist of laymen who uh, really don't know what, don't have any investment experience at all. One of the concepts that I introduced in my book, Who Stole My Pension, last year, is the concept of gross malpractice generally practiced. When you look at pensions, the way they're managed is... Uh, really amounts to gross malpractice but it's but they're all doing the same thing so it's gross malpractice generally practiced, the boards of these funds lack any investment experience that's problem one and then problem two is these boards are have a substantial amount of political influence uh, applied to them so Gives rise to what we call the politicization of the investment process. Um, Some of the board members lack, some or all the board members lack any investment experience. Some of the board members are elected officials. Elected officials receive contributions from the private sector, Wall Street. And so that is uh, an equally, I I would say there, there are really two problems. One is ignorance and the other one would be corruption. Ignorance of the lay board members and the corruption involving political uh, influence.
0: One thing that you have raised in the past in a place like Rhode Island is the opacity of the investments means that it's not clear whether the public is getting the same kind of deal that other private investors are getting in the same investment. Walk us through what that concern is really about because I think people have trouble understanding how one set of investors could potentially get a better deal off of the same investment than other investors might be getting.
1: Yeah, that's a tricky concept. Uh, when When you invest in a mutual fund, When you invest in a mutual fund, all the investors in the mutual fund are treated the same. They receive the same information. They have the same rights as to uh, selling their investments, redemption rights. Uh, the the value of their investment is the same. Um, the uh, the valuation of the portfolio is the same. So investors in traditional mutual funds are all treated comparably. When you get into these uh, secretive alternative investments, every investor can be treated differently. Some investors pay higher fees than other investors. Some investors get access to better deals than other investors. So you can have, and some investors have redemption rights, that other investors don't have and some investors have access to information about the portfolio that other investors don't have. So if you you can have 10 investors in the same private equity fund and each of them receives a different rate of return, pays different fees and, uh, ultimately has a different, a different, uh, investment experience. And that's what, uh, makes these investments so dangerous is that, uh, there is no assurance that you're going to be treated fairly, uh, vis-a-vis the other investors and the public pension, uh, participants have it worst of all because the other investors are get a copy of the prospectus or the offering document or the private placement memoranda. Uh, Wealthy individuals, they get all these documents when they, and they, they can read them. These are all documents that are required to be given to investors under the federal securities laws, but participants in public funds have not been allowed to see these very same documents because wall street has argued, uh, that these, that these, these same documents, these same prospectuses are, uh, Um, trade secrets not subject to state and local public records laws. So actually uh, participants in public pensions have participate in these private equity investments on much less favorable terms because for openers, they are not allowed to see any of of the, of the documents, any of the disclosure documents. So, so it's, it's a, uh, absurd, uh, Uh, scenario where Wall Street has argued state and local public records laws can be used to thwart disclosure that's required under the federal securities laws.
0: So just to understand this, this means that if a pension fund invests in a private equity firm and you're a a member of of that pension fund, you're relying on that pension for your retirement, you essentially cannot see the terms on which your pension fund invested in that private equity firm. And that private equity firm, in theory, has the right to give once another set of investors who are in the same investment, the same pool of money that you're putting money in as a pensioner, that wealthy individuals may be getting lower fee rates, uh, a better deal than your pension fund is getting. In effect, your pension fund is subsidizing the better deal for these
1: other investors i mean is that the basic fear yeah and that that that's absolutely true and what you have all every single private equity firm i've ever reviewed every single alternative investment fund i've ever reviewed discloses in their sec filings that cryptically they disclose certain friends family and other influential investors may participate on more favorable terms. It's disclosed, but it is disclosed that they all have the right to treat you unfairly. Now, the question is, uh, for the fund you're invested in, your pension fund's invested, who's uh, being given preferential treatment and what does it amount to? Uh, That you don't know. But the industry broadly discloses, all of these private equity managers disclose, that friends and family and others may will be treated preferentially. And that's why I say in in my other book, my new book, How to Steal a Lot of Money Legally, when a money manager tells you friends and family will be treated better, he's telling you he's not your friend. Okay, you are not his family. So that's a bad deal. And uh, if you are in a uh, public, if you're a participant in a public pension fund, you are essentially uh, guaranteed to be screwed by these friends and family arrangements.
0: Okay, so you recently took a look, a deep dive look at Ohio uh, as a kind of exemplar of what is going on here. Tell us generally uh, what you found uh, and and How much money are we talking about? Just give us a walkthrough of what you found that's going on in Ohio.
1: Yeah, I've had a remarkable experience recently in Ohio. Uh, uh, The Ohio Retired Teachers Association um, got together and raised money uh, to hire me to do an independent forensic review of the state teachers' retirement System of Ohio, which is approximately a 93 billion dollar fund with, I believe, half a million participants uh, involved with it. Um, So it's exceptional uh, that the participants uh, get together and uh, demand their own independent review of the pension. Uh, And it happened in Ohio. It happened in Rhode Island uh, years ago. I did an investigation there. But so they got together, uh, earlier this year, raised the money. I did the, the forensic investigation and it was really, uh, uh a startling, uh, situation. Uh, first of all, one of the things that that's really remarkable is that when I issued my, uh, blistering findings, two board members, two board members agreed with me and issued letters uh to the public saying uh in no uncertain terms that they agreed with my findings another board member resigned at the time as soon as my report was issued um but the report showed that uh just a, um all kinds of problems and there in Ohio there is a group called uh established by the legislature called the uh, retirement study council that is supposed to conduct a fiduciary audit of every pension in Ohio every 10 years and What we found with the uh, state teachers retirement system was that they hadn't done the statutorily required uh, fiduciary audit uh, in 15 years and as soon as that attention that was brought to the attention of the public uh, through my report, they now say they're going to uh, they're now going out to hire someone to, to do a fiduciary audit. Well, the last fiduciary audit in 2006 took uh, two years to complete. So by the time the fiduciary audit gets done in uh, of this pension system, um, it'll have been seven years late. Or 17 years since the last fiduciary audit, and what what this reminds me of, David, is you know here in Florida we had these uh, this condo building collapse uh, into the ocean and or into the ground, I should say, and and the question that everybody's asking is uh, how often are these buildings being inspected and and how rigorous is the government uh, oversight. Uh, well, this is a $93 billion pension fund here. There's a law, a statute that unambiguously says there has to be an audit every 10 years, and they simply didn't do it. Uh, not, not, they weren't one year late, two year late. They're five years late already, and they'll be seven years late before it's done. And to make it things worse, the last fiduciary audit in 2006 raised a number of very troubling questions that have not been addressed. That was, in my report, one of the things I point out is the, the concerns raised in 2006 were never addressed. So that, that makes things even worse. But in any case, that is one of the uh, uh, um, indisputable findings is that the audits that are required by law to be done are not being done. And we're talking you know tens of billions of dollars, well, basically a hundred billion dollars here
0: and, and and the other part of the finding of your report also had to do with fees themselves. I mean there are some shocking numbers uh, just in terms of this one pension fund alone, how much in fees it is paying uh, to wall street firms and I found that in your report that the comparison between the Fees
1: that are being paid versus the cost of living. Here, uh, give us a couple
0: of, of data points on that, so people really understand uh, what we're talking about when we're talking about numbers in the hundreds of millions of dollars.
1: Yeah, let me let me give you a little background on that. Uh, one of the simplest ways to understand pensions is that there are three. Uh, co- major components to the health of a pension. One is, very simply, how much money goes into the pension. One is how the money in the pension is managed over the decades, whether it's managed well or poorly. And the third is uh, how much money is paid out of the pension uh, in the form of benefits. And uh, most of the debate about pensions centers about, around Um, whether enough money was going into the pension or whether the benefits paid out are too rich. So the public tends to to focus on those two issues, but it's actually the, the second element, what happens to the money while it's in the pension pot over 30 years that is the most important. And what my investigations have found is that of all the pensions I've looked at, it's never been the question of enough money being paid in and it's never been a question of the benefits being paid out being too rich the question is the big problem is that the money is being mismanaged over 30 years or so so the money is being squandered Uh, that's the big issue and when you talk about squandering money uh, through your investments one of the key issues is The fees you pay, because the fees are are certain. uh, You can't control investment returns, but you can control the fees you pay. And so what you see with these pensions is that public pensions is the fees they're paying have gone up and up and up in the last 15 years to uh, multiples of what they used to be. And the disclosure of the fees has been... uh, has, the fees have been understated, so the fees are not being properly disclosed on these new toxic investments, which we're calling alternative investments. Um, so that, that's, that is a uh, huge issue, is that all of these pensions, they all lie about the fees they pay. And what we were able to establish in Ohio was that was interesting was the firm that Ohio, the expert firm that Ohio uses to analyze their fees admitted that the pension fund didn't know the fees it was paying. And they admitted that their analysis was entirely dependent upon information provided by the pension. So the pension didn't know, couldn't tell the analytics firm, and the analytics firms just had to guess. Um, So this is a... uh, a, a very significant issue of the understating of the fees by pensions in the United States, which is which is giving pension which is giving investors in these alternative investments the 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 wrong information that the fees are much lower than they really are.
0: In Ohio, you made an estimate in your report of how much in fees the pension fund paid uh, in a given year, both disclosed fees and hidden fees. Roughly, what was that number? Just so people under, and this is only in one state, so people have to hear these kinds of numbers and then multiply them over 50 states and you know cities that you really get a sense of how much money we're talking about here. But in this one state, roughly how much in fees in one or two or three years did the pension pay, and how did that compare to cost of living? allowance cuts for retirees. In other words, how did the cuts in the name of, of fiscal responsibility to balance the pensions books, how did those cuts compare
1: to what was being funneled to Wall Street? Right. Yeah. And that, that was a key finding was that uh, the, the pension had cut the cost of living adjustments paid to cost of living adjustments that had been promised to school teachers. They'd cut the 3% Colas to school teachers, saying that the pension couldn't afford to pay them. But what I found was that they simply paid that much more in fees to Wall Street, three percent more to Wall Street, and so it was basically a wealth transfer. They took promised cola benefits from workers and paid it to Wall Street in higher fees. So the fees uh, we estimated the f- the pension fund disclosed fees of something like two hundred and thirty million. Uh, the further, uh, drilling down into the pension reports, they, they footnoted that the fees were actually closer to 400 million. And then we concluded the fees were easily double that. So nearly a billion dollars in fees. Uh, that's, that's how significant the fees were. The, what we concluded was that the undisclosed fees were at least as great as the disclosed fees.
0: Now, when we talk about undisclosed fees, there's one thing I, I, I want to make sure we clarify here: the private equity firms, hedge funds, real estate firms—they list out how much the pension system has, in theory, earned uh, on in a given year, given couple years uh, on each individual investment. Those numbers are what's known as net of fees. In other words you invested $100 million, uh, we're giving you back um, this many returns, and these returns are your returns uh, minus the fees we paid. But then there's this issue of undisclosed fees uh, that are baked into uh, the numbers. What does that exactly mean? And my question is, if the returns themselves, net of fees are decent, why should people care about undisclosed fees? In other words, if you're giving me a decent return and you're earning fees off of them, uh, you know, you're, you know, after, after you're giving me a decent return after the fees are taken out,
1: why should I care about what the fees are? Yeah, it's a great question. Uh, but the problem is that because these investments are so opaque, uh, nobody really knows what the fees are. People, uh, quote, a net fee, a gross fee, um, and, uh, there's a tremendous confusion is you often have to ask the question three or four times, is this fee really a net fee or is it a gross fee? Is it a fee? Is it a gross fee, a fee before all the expenses are taken out? Is it a f- net fee net of certain expenses, but not all expenses? Um, uh, so it's, there's, uh, more often than not the net fee is not the true net. Uh, The net performance is not the true net performance. So uh, my first answer to your question, what do you care what the fees are as long as the net return you get is competitive? My first response would be, you don't know what the net return you're getting is necessarily. I wouldn't be sure. Uh, I would first ask to see all the fees. I would... The prudent thing to do is to ask to see the performance, the gross performance, the performance before all the fees, then ask to see the fee breakdown and then ask to see the net performance. Uh, Only then can you be certain that the net is truly the net. Um, And, of course, the higher the fees you pay, uh, the greater the risk because um, fees are, are, are certain. You will have to pay the fees every year, whether the per, investment performs or not. So greater fees is a greater risk than lesser fees to the investor.
0: So the final question then is, taking all of what we've just heard from you, what are the basic lessons in this? I mean, are the lessons that more pension funds should basically be like Nevada's pension fund or Montgomery, Pennsylvania's pension fund, which they have decided to invest most of their money in plain vanilla stock index funds as opposed to playing around uh, in these opaque, exotic, alternative investments. Is that the takeaway? Uh, is, is, are there another set of takeaways that we should learn from this? I mean, what what is the a- set of action steps that should be done here uh, to make sure that millions and millions of people's uh, retirement savings uh, aren't being rated, aren't being used for a massive wealth transfer, and ultimately aren't uh, depleted to a point where retirees are going to be out of luck when they are relying
1: on those retirement funds. Well, the fundamental takeaway is uh, of the assault on public pension funds by the private equity industry The fundamental takeaway of the private equity assault is that transparency is paramount. The fundamental defining characteristic of American public pensions has always been full transparency. These are supposed to be the most transparent uh, pensions in the world. So any investment that is not willing to submit to public scrutiny uh, should, should not be included in the, in the portfolio at all. Uh, so, uh, you, so immediately all of these alternative investments that, uh, have sought to eviscerate public records laws should be prohibited. And so, uh, in in so doing, ironically, you are uh, eliminating many of the highest cost investments. So that gets to the second point transparency is paramount. Uh, low fees is paramount. So, um, but transparency alone, uh, would solve most of the problems because with transparency comes greater scrutiny of fees, more competitive, uh, contracting. And so, uh, Nevada would be a case where if you have a pension fund that is substantially in traditional and index type funds, you can be fully transparent. And, uh, and you will have inevitably lower cost investments. But and it's, I think the key thing that people need to understand is state public records laws in every state, county and city in this country did not get changed absent a, con, a, a really a, uh, coordinated effort by wall street. Somebody went to every single one of these states, cities and counties and argued to change the law, and it's happened in every state. Uh, that's an incredible conspiracy uh, by Wall Street to, to bring about that change. And now, now that the more people are aware of it, hopefully we can we can we can eliminate that uh, that political effort that was made and go back to the transparency that existed 20 years ago.
0: Yeah, and I had done some reporting on it in various states on on the the when that all started. I mean, here in Colorado, there was a lobbying effort by the essentially the local venture capital association which I'm sure you can trace all the way back to the to the Wall Street firms. And look, they made the argument and and I guess at at the end here I'll just ask you to 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 the counter argument, but they made the argument that the only way that public pensions would be able to invest in private equity firms, venture capital firms, hedge funds to get good returns for retirees. The only way that they would be allowed to invest in those, that the firms would have let them invest is by creating special open records law exemptions for those firms. Now their argument was accepting open records laws exemptions to keep this all secret, which then allows pension funds to invest in venture capital firms, hedge funds and private equity, that's ultimately a small price to pay. The lack of transparency is a small price to pay to be able to be uh, to to be able to be allowed to invest with Blackstone or the Carlyle Group or KKR or, or whoever. And, and the other argument is, is that by fixing the open records laws by getting rid of those exemptions, public pension funds would essentially be kicked out of those investments and that public pension should wanna be in those investments. What's your response to that?
1: Well, my response is that those investments are just simply not appropriate for public pensions. Public money doesn't get uh, managed, allocated, invested in secrecy. That's just antithetical to our system of government. Uh, there has to be accountability. Uh, and with the lack of, tra- lack of transparency can, arguably make magic happen. Uh, also, a lot of really bad things happen where you have uh, absolute secrecy. So the, uh, when you eliminate public scrutiny, uh, you're giving up a lot. Um, are you allowing for magical alchemy to happen in, in, in the back room secretly? Sure, it could happen. Chances are it won't. Uh, the risk of s- secrecy The risks far outweigh any uh, miraculous return, potential for a miraculous return. And that's why we have these public records laws. It's public money. The participants, it's their money. If they want transparency, who are you to say they shouldn't have it? So Wall Street can't dictate whether uh, investors... uh, have a right to see a prospectus. The law says they do. They have a right to see a prospectus. They have to be provided with a prospectus. The public records laws in this country, uh, transparency in government, the, the, the history of transparency in government in this country is uh, premised on the belief that uh, greater accountability results in better decision making.
0: Ted Siddell, Thank you so much for taking the time today, and thanks for all of your work trying to continue to uncover this story. As you called it, it is a massive wealth transfer, uh, and it is a wealth transfer, I think, that is happening uh, under the surface. A lot of people don't really even know about it, but we're talking about hundreds and hundreds of billions of dollars. Thank you so much for your work. Thanks for your time.
1: Thank you, Dave.